0: Welcome to episode 181 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are looking at Season 8, Episode 10, Badla. Original air date was January 21st, 2001. The IMDb user score is 7.2 out of 10. And the action primarily takes place in Maryland, with some scenes in Mumbai, India. So the pre-credits teaser starts with a rather overweight American in the Mumbai airport. He's happy to be finally going home. He's apparently there on a business trip. And there's a legless beggar, a very small man on a little cart with wheels, who actually throws away the money that this man gives him, follows him into the bathroom, and the last we see is when the man is pulled off the toilet and under the stall door in the bathroom. That traveler then makes it to Washington, D.C. He's not really talking or interacting. He ignores a bellboy, does not tip him, despite some later dialogue, and then dies with massive blood loss. Scully and Doggett are brought in on the case. As Doggett says, you get the weirdest things in your inbox. Looking at this, there's a man who's got massive blood loss, It was very quick, the less than 20 minutes between when the bellboy left and when the maid service came in and found him, and yet he's lost virtually all of his blood. So there's no sign of forced entry, although there is a small handprint on the bed sheets. As the episode progresses, we find out that that beggar was actually an Indian fakir who apparently can shrink himself down. And he crawls up inside your digestive system, which is why he was nicknamed the Butt Genie in the news groups so many years ago. And he sort of gets his vengeance one person at a time. And he's come over because there were some chemical plants that had a massive chemical spill that killed a lot of people back in India. And he is systematically killing people who represent that company. He uses his ability to sort of cloud your perceptions and your imagination, so you see him there when he's not there, or you see him as a completely different person. And despite the strain between Scully and Doggett, as Doggett points out that the evidence isn't even supporting the paranormal theory that Scully is proposing, and there's a lot of questions left unanswered, such as how this business traveler could have been dead for a good 20 hours before coming back to America, so a dead man boarding the flight and checking into the hotel and so forth. There's just a lot of questions, there's tension between them about how open their minds can get. And Scully acknowledges that she just can't get as open-minded as Mulder was. So because of that, she's questioning her ability to do the job at all. Or at least to do the job well. Although she was the one that gunned him down when he appeared as a child so the episode was directed by tony warmby and written by john scheiben so these are both names that we've heard before and we'll be definitely hearing more from tony warmby as well as john scheiben although with his 51 episodes of the series this is actually episode 48 in sequence Although we will be hearing more of him with The Lone Gunman coming up. So Shaiban is involved, but not for actually all that much longer. Now, the most prominent member of the guest cast is Deep Roy. He actually plays the genie in this case. He's credited as Beggar Man. According to the IMDb, he is best known for playing the Ooppa in Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Keenzer in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. General Bones Apart in Corpse Bride, and Teeny Weenie in The NeverEnding Story. He's got 52 credits to his name, and the ones that would have picked out or stood out the most to me were actually his roles as one of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, as well as Mr. Sin in a number of episodes of Doctor Who, specifically The Talons of Wenxiang and a posicum delegate in one episode of The Trial of a Time Lord. One of the two prominent child actors, Michael Welch, is also known for playing Mike Newton in Twilight, Mac Thompson in Z Nation, Luke Girardi in Joan of Arcadia, and Artem in Star Trek Insurrection. He'd actually played Artem before this and had a guest spot in Malcolm in the Middle the same night this aired, so Two different guest spots on the Fox network that aired back to back. By the time all was said and done, 105 acting credits to his name, some of which are in post-production and don't even have release dates. So definitely still working today. The other child actor, Jordan Warhol, on the other hand, had his last credit for the IMDb appear in 2006. He's best known for playing Froggy in the 1994 film *The Little Rascals*. He was Robbie Sanders in Walker, Texas Ranger, Travis in Carpool, and one of the voices in A Bug's Life. He's just listed as actor. Bill Dow makes his final appearance as Charles Burks, the expert who does imaging at MIT. He will appear again in a later episode, but not as Burks. He will be in The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat in Season 11. Now, Quentin's father has a grand total of 10 acting credits to his name, spread from 1995 to 2005. This one is fairly late on the list. He's best known for his role as Quentin's father in The X Files, which is a fairly small role. He's actually dead about five minutes after we meet him. Employment office man in Factotum, husband in Sugar and Spice, and psychiatrist in Big Sister 2000. Now, Jane Daly plays Mrs. Holt. She's got more acting credits to her name, 58 credits specifically, some of which are still from 2019, so she is still going. According to the IMDb, she's best known for Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, Capital, and then there was One and Roomies, which actually surprised me as the ones that come up when I scroll through her list and see more prominent projects like Mission Impossible 3. Nip Tuck, Felicity, Beverly Hills Dino210 in a recurring role as Dr. Molly Campbell. She was Varia in Star Trek The Next Generation episode The Most Toys. So quite a few credits to her name. Now Christopher Houston plays Mr. Berard. This is his first of five acting credits, although he does have six director credits, four writer credits, seven producer credits, and seven editor credits to his name. According to IMBD, he's best known for editing dark reality and producing June, Bled, and Ashley's Ashes. Now, Maura Soden plays Trevor's mother. 57 acting credits to her name, including roles in Criminal Minds, Matlock, Mad Men, and Brothers and Sisters. Most recent credit from 2018, so it looks like she is still active as well. Calvin Remsberg plays Mr. Pataki, so he's the guy who was killed in the pre-credits teaser. He is best known for roles in Shrek, Pretty Woman, Sweeney Todd, and The X Files. The X Files is the only role of those four where the character actually has a name. He's got 16 acting credits total one in 1982, most ranging from 1990 to 2001, and then one more credit in 2013. Jacob Franczak has eight acting credits to his name. He's listed as the Redheaded Kid. And for what he's best known for, there's The X Files first and foremost, then Baby Bedlam, Tekken the Motion Picture, and Evil Alien Conquerors. Evil Alien Conquerors is his most recent credit, and that dates from 2003. Mimi Savage is the teacher, 15 acting credits to her name. Most prominently known for This Roll in the X Files, Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, The Practice, and Paris. Winston's story plays the image of the caretaker that he assumes when our Fakir is working in the school. He's got a recurring role as Bill on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he's also known for Will and Grace, Mom, and Henry Danger. In Henry Danger, he plays Trent Over Under, and that is his most prominent role. He is still working on episodes of that that are due out in 2020. Acting credits go back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in 1995. A total of 36 credits to his name. Tody Annelman is Trevor's father. This is his fourth of 10 credits on the IMDb, also known for CSI Miami, The Solution, and Grey's Anatomy. And that about wraps up the guest cast. So we're getting to the point where it's, you know, the. We don't see as many people who are going to be stars, or before they were stars, kind of stars in here, we're getting a lot more steadily working actors. There's not much to say about the science of this aside from the fact that just being able to shrink down really doesn't work. It completely disregards everything about you know, conservation of mass, conservation of energy. I mean, sure, the guy's only 33 pounds. But regardless of how big you are, that doesn't necessarily mean you're more likely to be able to fit inside, even if that doesn't matter, because you can shrink. So if you could shrink, why is he specifically preferring the very overweight people? There's just a lot that doesn't seem to add up or work together. So all in all, it's not a bad episode. It's just one where it feels like they were spending a little less time on effort on the explanations and more about just getting the creep factor in, which does feel like it's more and more of a trend in this particular season. At any rate, that's about all I have to say about Badla. Join us again in two weeks' time when we talk about The Gift. Thank you for listening.